So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. One of the biggest and longest running promotions in the United States that isn't all elite, that isn't WWE, that is an impact. Ring of Honor is going under massive, worrisome changes, releasing their entire roster. A wealth of wrestling talent is now hitting the open market. What is happening to Ring of Honor? The latest backstage drama on Charlotte Flair. Ooh, we'll get into all of it. It's this week's Inside Cradle from Sportskeeda. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Watch out, watch out, watch out indeed. I am Kev Kellum, True Heel Heat's very own SP3. Sid, how you doing, Sid Puller? How are you in New York City? Uh, Sid, we, we got this news here. We also may have a, we may or may not have a guest pop in with this. That's going to be involved in some big stuff. We'll make it a surprise. That guest may or may not pop in here. So we're leaving it to an open run. And if you are with us here on a Thursday night, go ahead and share that like button. Go ahead and jump into the conversation. We do tape the show, but we do respond to all your comments as well. So don't be afraid to be a part of the conversation. This is our weekly deep dive, the inside cradle, the arguments, me and Sid arguing about who's an apologist to a billionaire. All right, all those different things. We'll get into all of it here. Uh, it has been in the last, you know, prior to the pandemic, it was a crazy time for wrestling with all elite coming along and billions of dollars being injected, millions of dollars being injected into the wrestling business with WWE's television contracts going through the roof and uh, all these different things. And now we learn that Ring of Honor has been affected by all of this. Uh, they put out an announcement that was kind of transparent to some degree, uh, saying that they are releasing their entire roster. The contracts of that they have in place right now will remain in place until the end of the year. Uh, talent is free to wrestle anywhere they want uh, with Ring of Honor Wrestling, the third largest company in the country. Some people would say at times bigger than than Impact. And that this company, they, they will end with their final battle pay-per-view coming up in December. That card's still kind of coming together. Uh, we already have some names that have already hit the open market to some degree, uh, but have not signed contracts. They can't sign those deals until early next year. Bandito, the Ring of Honor World Champion, announcing three big dates with Game Changer Wrestling, uh, one of the top independents in the country. So this is crazy. They're going to relaunch in 2022. They'll take the entire first quarter of the year off. Uh, and a lot of the people involved with Ring of Honor, I, I interviewed Ian Riccoboni less than a month ago, and he was excited about the future of Ring of Honor. Obviously, some things have changed since then. This is pretty worrisome, right? Yeah, this is a major place, a major promotion that really has their fingerprint all over the wrestling industry. When you look at WWE with AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Roderick Strong, these are some of the building blocks of ROH from the early days into the early 2010s. You look at AEW, the elite were kind of running the show there uh, in from like 2015 
through 2018. You had Hangman Page got his start in, in ROH over there. That's where he became a name in the wrestling industry before coming to AEW, and he may be the future AEW world champion. Kenny Omega's early days on the independent scene started off in ROH. Of course, Brian Danielson and CM Punk are two of the pioneers of that promotion that really put it on the map. So when you look at the two major promotions and you see how much talent come from Ring of Honor, you know the importance of this company to the wrestling business, to the lifeblood and the future of professional wrestling. So it's very depressing news in a lot of ways, because regardless of how it's going to be when they do their relaunch come uh, next April, we know that a certain era of Ring of Honor is now over. It's now making massive changes. Mm-hmm. Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio went more in depth, and he talked about how it's going to be more of an independent promotion where they're going to be using some of the top independent talent that are available on the day of their big shows or the day of their of their TV tapings, and that's the talent they're going to use. They're no longer contracting any talent, which is strange because Sinclair Broadcasting Group has not said that they are selling Ring of Honor. No. They still have it. Their weekly show is still going to be going on even after they're done with their TV taping footage. They're going to be running archival uh, footage. So it's kind of strange that a promotion that's owned by a television company is going to be doing it more of an independent where they can crown somebody the Ring of Honor champion on one show and then the next show he signed by WWE AEW or Impact Wrestling it's very it's a very strange thing and that's why a lot of people are feeling like it's kind of the end of Ring of Honor in a lot of ways me myself I hope not because yeah. I know a lot of but the what talent do you, there do you think it's the end of Ring of Honor my gut is telling me yes it is you, the you think they're just done. It's just a done. I when you do it the way they're doing it and you're releasing all your talent, why wouldn't you want to hold on to a guy like a Jonathan Gresham, who's the best technical wrestler in the world today? Who once he's up, uh, you know, his contract is up and he's on the open market, I could see an AEW, a WWE, an impact wrestling running to his door and trying to sign him oh, up. And we'll hey, get into that because there's a lot yeah. of talent here who are gonna you're gonna, you're still going to see on television somewhere on yeah. a televised wrestling promotion. It's worth noting Ring of Honor is owned by Sinclair Broadcasting Group, which is one of the largest affiliate TV companies in the country. There's a little bit of a difference in that, meaning they own TV stations, but one station can be uh, an ABC station. One station may be an NBC station. They own a lot of these across the country. Uh, and Ring of Honor doesn't air at the same time in these markets. In some markets, it's on it Saturday night at 11. Some markets, it's on Saturday morning. It, it varies like crazy. And I think it's been a big issue. Ring, Ring of Honor was saved by Sinclair. They were in a financial tough spot. They had a lot of great talent, a lot were leaving. They were in flux. Kerry Silkin was running it. Very great uh, promoter. still involved with it. As far as yeah. I know, he's still involved with it. And, you know, Sinclair comes in here and says, we're going to save this. We're going to give you all this digital back end. We're going to launch a streaming service, you know, the Honor Club, all these different things. Right. And they really helped the company get through. And then they said, we want contracted talent, which is smart. You know, I mean, you got to think of your investment. But the issue then was more money came into wrestling. And I, I'm, this isn't me throwing shots at AEW, but I've seen a lot of people say this. They said this wouldn't have happened. If the bullet clip didn't leave, this wouldn't have happened. If the elite 
didn't leave. They were the major thing that made Ring of Honor happen, and they were just performing on Ring of Honor. They were the biggest brand. Some people say Bullet Club was bigger than New Japan or all these different things. As a brand, as a vibe, all these things that people attach to. I could say that's true. I could say there's there's a lot of that. I don't put that on AEW. It's more of a circumstantial thing. You know, somebody comes in with a lot more money than you have to operate that Tony Khan was playing with here. And and then you also know that in his pocket, when he's talking to those people, he's saying, I think I have a TV deal with TNT. I think I have a TV. Like that, there's no way that wasn't brought up. There's no way that the, that talent didn't know about it. Uh, and then also has to be just discussed of were you talking to people when they were under contract? You know, like were, were people was was there contract tampering here? Like that has to be brought up here because the way that all went down, it was long term. Ring of Honor was involved yeah. with All In. They were the production arm of that. They shot that show, but Tony Khan's flying Chris Jericho in on a, on a jet plane to get there. See, I mean, now some things are starting to connect here, uh, and, and then you start to think here. Well, here's another thing I'm seeing, and this is the deep dive stuff. We can get into more than just yeah. the surface level thing. Ring of Honor has a huge tape library. If Ring of Honor is done and they're not going to be producing new shows and maybe a best of show can stay syndicated on television. Absolutely. There's more than enough television that they have that you can play. You can, if you're in Ring of Honor, you can run when they're not running. All right. Yeah. We're going to run this week. It's the best of CM Punk. It's not on AEW. And we got his best matches because we own them. If you're WWE, let's see if we can get that. You know, if you're, if you're all wrestling and you are, leveraging onto your TV partner, Warner media, which is not putting you on your, their major streaming service, but keeping you on their cable TV, right? You're on their cable channels, TNT and TBS. You really want to look towards the future where everyone's going, which is streaming, right? WWE already has that pirate trip ready to go. Cable TV fall apart. You could watch them on Peacock right away. Right. Uh, but then you have this where they're thinking that they want those matches too. Would this be the first big media buy by AEW? Say we're going to buy, we're going to buy a tape library. We're going to buy a promotion. We're going to buy think, the back end of somebody like that. I think this is a move by them as well. Uh, this is certainly a way to redeem yourself for like, you know, making this, this scenario here. And I'm not saying that Tony Khan's vision was, I want to destroy Ring of Honor. No, no, I'm not saying that. He wanted to create his own thing and other people wanted to go with it too. So honestly, uh, circumstantially, honestly they, got, they got burned. They got burned by it. I'm, I think that the fall started way before that, honestly. Yeah. And I, I feel like, I feel that like was just people, the call. that was just like the, like a big shoe drop. The, the elite, the elite is basically an, a scapegoat, honestly, when it comes to people mm-hmm. who want to, want to blame the demise of, of ring of honor. It's, on one, AEW it's, it's a part of the elite. it. It's not I, the only thing. I, I feel like Sinclair broadcasting, regardless of how people feel, once that deal was done in 2011, they never knew what to do with a wrestling promotion. They didn't know what to do with it. And I feel like that was the start of the decline because they had their highs where the buzz was up. Like they made a deal with new Japan pro wrestling, but then new Japan won all their matches and made them look like the inferior promotion. They had their high with the bullet club and the elite, but they focused their booking was so much focused on them that once they lost them, then they're going to lose a significant amount of their fans. Yes, they had they they were a part of All In, but that's only because they didn't have the belief and Sinclair didn't have the belief in Ring of Honor themselves to make it a Ring of Honor promotion. They, that could have easily been 
ROH all in, but the elite had more confidence in themselves than ROH did at that time, even though that was the one of the highs of them on the independent scene or not non-WWE before they got to AEW during that time period. Honestly, the real deep dive, all those points you could say were highs and lows, but the deep dive was the Madison Square Garden show. As yeah. someone that went to the I was, Madison I was, Square, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. I was hoping you were gonna bring that. Up. As someone who went to that Madison Square Garden show, one, I went to it under the impression that the elite would be a part of it, and they could have easily been a part of it because AEW at the time of them starting up, they were they they put out the feeler to a New Japan Pro Wrestling. They put out the feeler to work work closely with Ring of Honor. It was Ring of Honor and New Japan that were kind of like, no, no, you're a new entity. We're not going to do that. But when I bought my ticket in August of 2018, I was under and, the and impression all isn't a thing yet. Exactly. When you bought your ticket for that, we're talking about the big Madison Square Garden show that Ring of Honor and New Japan partnered together for. It was a huge thing, 2018 going into 19, night before WrestleMania, not WWE, sold out at Madison Square Garden. What a vibe, right? Yes. And New New Japan ends up stealing the show for the most part on their matches on the show. And Ring of Honor had some things they tried, like having Enzo and Cass run in and not tell anyone in the match and, and do some elaborate things. And they did this big elaborate entrance with PCO, which had a production issue. And they had some great matches on the show. Don't be, don't twist it. They had some really, really wild, wild stuff on that show. But people bought that ticket thinking they were getting Kenny Omega, the Bucks, and the cool guys of wrestling. And they got these other guys that are cool, but not the headliners, you know? And then they got yeah. New Japan. So Ring of Honor's always just been shorted in the sense of whenever they got anybody, they got real hot and then they leave. You know, it, it's been, it's been the, the, um, the unfortunate problem they've had their entire existence is this is where you go and cut your teeth and reprove yourself, or redeem yourself or go back up. They, they were NXT before NXT, you know, like for, for lack of a better phrase. And then, you know, you could also say that WWE came in with NXT in the mid, in the, you know, that, that time frame when it became a real band and a real brand in 2013, 2014, there's a lot of people who are like, well, I'm in ring of honor, but I could go do this on NXT and then be a couple shots away from WWE. And there are a lot of talent that made that option too, and benefited from it, you know? And there were people that Kevin Steen, El Generico, they, they yeah. went over there as well. So it was a circumstantial thing where WWE said, there's some, there's some chum in the water here for the sharks that of fans that want to consume this alternative brand of wrestling, you know? And now you know, ROH got that all going. There isn't an all elite wrestling. There isn't an NXT without ring of honor. There isn't 100%. a CM punk. There isn't any of these things. And now here they are with the short end of the stick. Here's Sinclair coming in, investing in it, trying, but maybe they didn't make the right calls. Try to do some things, try to give some real talent. There's some talent there that I don't think would get the same shot that they got in Ring of Honor. Like a Brian Melotus, he's a super heavyweight guy. He's a throwback. I don't think that's a guy they would go with. Maybe even Grisham would get lost in the shuffle somewhere. Jay Lethal, one of the best wrestlers in the world, is stuck with him. The Briscoes, one of the one of the best tag teams. They didn't get they didn't get a crack anywhere else, you know. But yeah. Ring of Honor was always with them. Uh, it's it's a tough thing. I think they stick around, I think they become more of a boutique brand. Uh, and you, you, they don't run the same way. They run more akin to what Ring of Honor was before they had to do weekly television. It is a regression, uh, but I hope the brand doesn't go away because I think it's such a strong brand and has such a history to it. The same way I, 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 you know, people question what Billy Corgan was doing at the NWA, and now even people, if they don't follow it, they kind of respect. Oh, he's definitely paying homage to what it was, but still trying to keep it new. With ROH, you're talking about that, but also with a brand for millennial fans who are on the younger side. 
This started in 2002. I was in high school. Yeah. It was the cool thing. You got it on DVD. It felt underground and badass, you know? As as someone that was in high school and I was kind of disenfranchised with professional wrestling because I grew up in a time where when I first started watching professional wrestling, my grandmother would put on like, you know, the local, the local station that had WWF superstars. And then she would turn later on on a Saturday night at 6 05 uh, PM to TBS and show me WCW. And then I, I got a little bit older. I was able to stay up a little bit later in New York at like 1 AM on a Saturday and discovered ECW with rock bands, RVD, Taz, Sandman, and that type of stuff. And then in 2001, everything changes. WWE is really the only game in town. And it took me a while to like discover that there was other things out there. Like I remember WWA, the wrestling world wrestling all-stars came about. Then I remember TNA. I was there for like the early stages of TNA. And then mm-hmm. like a couple of years later, I was just like, okay, TNA is so so. They're on like FS1 at the time, but I, you know, that's cool to have. But I was like disenfranchised with wrestling in general because it wasn't the cool thing when i was in high school and then and, and roh was cool then i saw samoa joe versus cm punk in uh the second match when they went 60 minutes at a time when wrestlers weren't really doing that and it was very cool cm punk looked like a like a punk rocker he had the straight edge gimmick he had a unique look that you didn't see on your wwe i kind of saw him from like tna when he was with raven uh raven's group but then seeing him in roh is a completely different element because he's like a star he's a main eventer there and then seeing samoa joe a guy that's 265 200 75 pounds doing some uh, suicide dives doing suplexes doing all the submissions it just really grabbed me at a time where i needed wrestling to be cool again ring of honor was that and i will always appreciate it for making me a wrestling fan i'm not a wrestling fan today i'm not on your screens on youtube right now without ring of honor so i don't want it to go anywhere i want it to live on and i want a place for guys that are so talented that are having the biggest runs of their career like a jonathan gresham like a shane taylor like a bandito like a dragon lee like a roosh i want them to have another place to go and a place that during the pandemic for better or worse regardless of what they're doing right now they, they kept people under contract they protected those people they didn't run live events they were they were the one of the best promotions during this whole pandemic as far as keeping the fans and their talent uh safe and they still paid a lot of those guys but this is kind of the consequence because of that that they have to change their business model now unfortunately those are like the gives and takes of it all but i want ring of honor to live on because it's so important to where wrestling is today and where I am as a wrestling fan. Uh, someone who's going to join us on the line, the quick run in here. Uh, he tells me the video is not working, but that's okay. We're going to get him here on, on with the audio. Fred Yehi, can you hear me, Fred? Yo, what's good? What's up? We have the Savage Weight himself, the AAW heavyweight champion, the man who wears one sunglass over his eye because his vision <laughs> is so deep into what will happen in the ring. He is the thing in AAW. The big Jim Lina Memorial Tournament is this weekend. He will be in action, defending it as well on a massacre of a matinee show. We'll have three shows, night one, Friday night, 7.30 Central. And, uh, show two will be Hell Half No Fury, Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central time. Uh, on that show, Fred will defend. If he can get through Friday, he will defend that AEW strap against one Eddie Kingston. Fred, how you feeling now as the top man in the top independent promotion in the country now in AAW? 
Oh man, I feel pretty good, you know. And uh, you know, the work never stops, the grind never stops. So I'm feeling pretty good, and I feel really fortunate to be in that position. Uh, I saw you win this title. It was not easy to do it, and your time having the title has not been easy. I have to bring up a match. If people are thinking, ah, AEW, I've heard they're good, and we were just talking about ROH and stuff like that. It's not WWE. It's not this, right? (laughs) This is the Insight Cradle. We go a little bit deeper than the super big topics, and AAW is deep. It is hardcore. It is that brand. You went deep. 60 minutes. 60 minutes at Defining Moments. Sid, you got to see this match. Josh (laughs) Alexander, Fred Yehai. uh, How did you feel? After 60 minutes of Broadway, you went the distance with them. You left with the title, right? But you went the distance with Josh Alexander in that match. Man, it's almost like the deeper or the longer you go in the match, it's almost like the waters get deeper and deeper. That's how I always look at it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 60 minutes. I got a little bit of an interference there on your your, your mic there, Fred. That's all right. Sorry about that. There we go. We're good. We're good to go here. Can you hear me um, better now? Yeah, we can hear you perfect. We can hear you perfect, okay. bud. Awesome. awesome. That's all right. Uh, on the phone, on the phone with Fred Yehai, the AAW <laughs> heavyweight champion here. Um, now, for those who don't know AAW, I'm doing the backstage interviews with it. I'm biased, right? I have my bias. I know it's I know it's a killer locker room. When you go to another wrestling promotion, they ask you, hey, what's going on with them AA dubs? What's what's going on up there yeah. in Berwyn? People ask, Sid, you're in New York City, you hear about it. Yeah. What do you tell people? How do you how do you tell people in another rock and you tell another wrestling fan if you ain't watching it, you need to watch it? What's the hard sell for you when you when you tell other people? Because you're holding the title, you're the flag bearer now. Man, AEW's winning. Everyone, everyone who's on that show, man, like they're gonna bring it. Like mm-hmm. they're gonna bring it, man. You you got you have guys like Vance Warner, you have Josh Alexander, you have the uh, Shaft, and you got all this talent. Josh C, man, and shout out to the Ace Austins. You got all these cats right here all gathered at one place, and everyone's hungry, man. And uh, everyone's gunning for that top spot. Everyone's looking to make moves. Everyone's looking to to generate that buzz. So when you have, like, you have that many of those type of guys in one environment, man, like, it's just going to be super competitive, man. Everyone's just hungry. Like, that's, that's the vibe that I get. Uh, now, Sid, this this tournament's insane. All right, the first round of this Sounds is crazy. Like, oh my god, that is <laughs> yeah, yeah. This tournament's gonna be lit, man. Now, here's the crazy <laughs> thing: is the winner of this gets a shot at you. This is all like you get to watch all of this. All these people are coming for for the number one spot. You got it. You got the title, right? And this is this is a huge deal for you. Need to know all this tournament's huge. Mance Warner, Josh Alexander in the opening round. That's just one match on Friday. Oh. All right. That's just one of them. Uh, this tournament. Let me say this. Let me put it out. Who do you think's winning this tournament? Who do you think is gonna face you in a few months at the Windy City Classic? This is a tough one to call. I know, I know like guys throw out the whole freight hell. This this match can main event anywhere in the country. Oh man, like 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 on this card, like all these matches, like any of these matches, the main event anywhere in this country, which which means that man, like there's just no telling. I mean, it's just this is a toss up. We don't really know what's gonna happen. This is this is like the Western Conference. You know, I, I'm gonna speak in basketball terms. I'm a huge <laughs> basketball fan, right? I'm a big basketball fan. It's a Lakers fan. Yeah. This is this is like the Western Conference, man. You don't really know. You can't really call it. You don't really know, man. Like, cause you know, some of the best teams don't even make it in. You know. So that's how I see it. This is this is the Wild West, even though we're in the Midwest. 
this is the wild west, man. Like we, uh, this is a tough one to go. This is a tough one to go. Uh, you have a tough one. A man who is, uh, I would describe as one of the most mentally terrifying people I've ever met in my entire life in the locker room. He is someone that was on television saying, I take a pill every day so I don't kill anyone. And that is Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston now with All Elite Wrestling, but made his name in AEW as an AEW heavyweight champion. Uh, you were in a tag team match with him recently, competing against him. And now you are going to tangle with him on Saturday. Uh, and hopefully the, the title is still with you when, when you get there on Saturday. Talk to me about Eddie Kingston. Talk to me about this challenge. Hell F No Fury, that show streaming on Fight TV Saturday afternoon. Eddie Kingston, man, you know, he's one of the OGs. You know, he's been doing this for, he's been doing this for like, what, like, like 20 years? Like, it, he, he's one of the OGs, man. Like, he, he's respected by everyone. Like, like Eddie, Eddie's one of those guys where, you know, you step in the ring with him, you have to step correct. You have to know your stuff. You go toe to toe with Eddie, man, you get a lot of respect. But, you know, hey, Saturday, you know, Eddie's going to see what's up, man. Eddie's got to step up to the Savage Weight. Oh, boy. Where does where did the Savage Weight Where did that name Savage Weight come together? Where did you come across that? You you have a you have an athletic background, you have a combat sports background. People you you come into pro wrestling with that. But where did Savage Weight come together? Where did you come on that name? Man, I'm a grinder. Like I I I grind, I hustle, man. Like that's that's really the best way to put it. Like I don't really I don't know, like I know there are a lot of can I put this? How can I word this? I forgive me for not being the most articulate with this. So patient with me on this. You way. speak with your hands, man. It's all right. <laughs> I don't get to do these too much. I don't really get it's to all do right. these too it's much. It's all right. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna speak in basketball terms again. All right. So uh you know you have LeBron James, but then you have you have your Jimmy Butlers, right? Okay. You know, Jimmy Butler doesn't really have to score like 36. He doesn't need to score 36 points with a triple-double to be effective in the court, right? Yeah. He can give you 12 points, four rebounds, and like seven assists, and they win the game by 20 points. And you feel those 12 points. You feel that presence. You know, and that's, that's the savage way. That's the savage way. I'm not the biggest. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the fastest. I'm not the flashiest. When you see me, you're gonna feel me. Best way to put that. Absolutely, I've seen you do some brutal things. That hour-long match, breaking a beer bottle and uh, ramming it into the face of one man's Warner. Savage part you sell on. This Friday and Saturday on Fight TV, that's FITV. Same app, you get all the big boxing matches, all the big AEW pay-per-views. We're going to be on it. You can get the bundle for $30. Get the whole weekend for 30 bucks if you want to watch that. Uh, for our friends, uh, once again, Hell Hath No Fury at 2 p.m. on Saturday, and then both the Friday and Saturday cards at 7.30 Central. Fred, thank you so much for the time. If people want to follow you on the socials, where do they go, bud? Oh, man, just go to Twitter. I'm not on social media a whole lot, but go to Twitter at Fred. Yeah. <laughs> I got a Facebook, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're, we're gonna follow, we're gonna follow you for uh for for pictures of that beautiful AEW championship and hot basketball takes. So yeah, there we yeah. go, <laughs> man. Look, you all be safe. It's an absolute pleasure, guys. All right, thank you, man. Take care, buddy. Right, Thanks, you. Fred. Have a good one. Thanks, Fred. Uh, that's all right. Uh, Fred, checking in there. Thank you so much to Fred Yehi uh, joining us here as well.
from AAW. Looking forward to that. It's going to be a big weekend here, and I think it's going to be a good one. If you haven't checked out AAW, check me out. I'll be uh, talking to the people backstage, doing the Mean Gene thing, uh, and and covering all the action. Uh, and also, you, if you're in the Midwest area, you want to buy tickets to show, save five bucks off on your ticket. You can use the promo code AAW family. Go to aawpro.com. Get all the information on how to order it there as well. Uh, thank you for that so much, Sid. I know you you were like, okay, Kev, go with it, roll with it. But once you heard the <laughs> Lakers thing, you're like, wait, basketball. <laughs> I was like, basketball terms. You see, we speak my language. Follow. The Western like Conference. That. that was good. That was good. That's I mean, we, we we had some video issues. We only had the audio with him, but he, he still rolled with it. So it was really good. Absolutely. Uh, let's jump into another hot topic here. Uh, that is coming out of Friday. Now we have you every Friday night on after SmackDown and after Rampage. And this week's SmackDown was a, a bunch of things going on that were both fantastic and entertaining and, and gravitating and Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And then a hot mess <laughs> of an ending angle in, in WWE SmackDown seen by many people. The most watched wrestling show had a wonderful opening and a wildly messy finish with the exchange of championship titles. Becky Lynch is now on Raw. She has a SmackDown title. Charlotte Flair has the Raw wins title, and she's now on SmackDown after the draft. The draft uh, rosters are now settled here uh, on the 22nd of October, uh, just last week. So they're going to exchange the titles. And WWE official Sonya Deville, a heel, will oversee this as an impartial force. And that's what's going to happen. That's what was booked. And no one in the ring apparently understood what was going on. And some people did understand what was going on and other people didn't. Did someone go into business for themselves? What the hell happened, Sid? Because people are throwing championships at each other. Then we understand there's reports of a backstage fight between Charlotte, uh, Becky, and Sonya. Vince McMahon is upset. Charlotte is escorted reportedly out of the building. We have her fiance, Andrade, from All Elite Wrestling, formerly of WWE, saying F-U-W-W-E on Twitter. What the hell is going on here? What is this? What is the deal? Um, well, from what we have gathered uh, in the past week from multiple reports, uh, great jobs by PW Insider, my good friend Alex McCarthy of TalkSport, Fightful Select. Basically, the plan was for them to do this title swap uh, segment where Becky Lynch already teased earlier in the night. She wanted to be Becky two belts, so she was going to hold both titles up. This was something that Charlotte Flair apparently didn't like because she thought it made her look weak or made her look like she had a, a weaker title. So It wouldn't she make was her look strong. It, would, no, it no, wouldn't make her look no, strong. No, I, I definitely agree with where she was thinking. I can get both perspectives on this, but Charlotte kind of went into business for herself, dropping the title on the floor when, when Becky went to reach for it. Then um, basically, you know, Becky responded by throwing the title at her. And this led to a backstage discussion, a very, uh, you know, Tentious uh, discussion between the two ladies where it sounds like Becky Lynch kind of told uh, Charlotte off. Charlotte uh, said that she dropped the title by accident, which not many people seem to believe her at all. And this led to, you know, the two ladies being separated. Vince McMahon not very happy because this happened in the gorilla position and Charlotte didn't come to him to discuss it afterwards while Becky went to have a dark match against Becky Lynch for the live fans there. And then Charlotte. Charlotte was escorted out of the uh, building following that. But it just seems like this was 
I, I won't say it was blown out of proportion because I believe where there's us, uh, there is there is smoke where there's fire. Mm-hmm. This is definitely something that happened. And I the sources that we are quoting with this story are very reliable. And yeah. I don't think Sean, they would even... uh, Sean Ross slap, uh, slap, excuse me, uh, Millennial Melter himself, Sean Ross Sapp, reporting from yes. Fightful today and... that uh, that flair was pulled from media today, like recently, like within the 20, last 24 hours. So that's she was going to do some round of media to promote Fox on Friday. Uh, with with the changes with them with the playoffs and everything that makes sense they would want to promote the show but uh, this is weird this is just this doesn't look good said this doesn't look no, good no it it seems like they are trying to prevent her from having too many media appearances where she might slip up and say her honest opinion on stuff so I understand WWE's perspective on this you don't want her to have media if she's not going to represent the company the way she should this is something that you know this is a a tumultuous year in general for Charlotte Flair she started out out the year in that storyline with Lacey Evans is banging her father Ric Flair in storyline and it's something that clearly Ric Flair has gone out and gone on public on record and saying that he didn't enjoy that storyline so you can only imagine how charlotte flair felt then you had her missing the biggest show of the year wrestlemania because andrade says he went on record and said that they basically misdiagnosed her as being pregnant and she missed out on the biggest payday of the year for her at wrestlemania she comes back after wrestlemania it doesn't really you know she has a strange storyline with rhea ripley then they yeah, yeah, great, show. great match at, at Money in the Bank. I won't deny that yeah. at all. But the story going into it wasn't yeah. really, you could tell that both ladies weren't really sure what they were going for. We didn't know who the baby face was a lot of times. In uh, Before all of that, Andrade gets released from the company. He asks for his release. He's gone from the company after being displeased with the booking. After that whole thing with Rhea Ripley, her father asks for his release and he leaves the company. So you can imagine the two people that she's closest to leaving the company because they're displeased with the booking. Some of that feeling and some of that emotion that you're hearing from your father and your fiance is going to wash over you and it's going to make you feel like, yeah, I'm a 12, 13 time women's champion, but I'm not liking how they're positioning me. I'm not liking how the company is looking right now. There's even been reports that she wanted to drop the, the Royal Women's Championship to, to Bianca, Bianca Belair. On, to on Bianca Belair. They, they, had a great, they had a great match, but it had a dusty finish where she got out of it by hitting Bianca with the chair, right? Yeah. And that would have avoided this whole title swap thing. So I've heard people, you know, deny that. And, you know, people go on record sources from WWE deny that. But that kind of makes sense to me that that's your way of getting out of the situation that you found yourself in on Wednesday. I just think that it's a very... Uh, sticky situation and it's something that WWE kind of has their hands tied because of how much talent they've released in the past two years. They've released over a hundred different superstars through mass releases to the point that Charlotte Flair is one of your top your top stars. So you don't you can't afford to lose her right now. So you have to deal with everything. And I didn't even mention the whole sh- uh, work shoot fight that she had with Nia Jax oh, in the yeah. ring a yeah. couple of weeks, a couple of months ago. So this is all in one year, all in a nine to ten month span for Charlotte Flair, and this you is- still have a championship on her. Yeah, it's it's worth noting that you still have a championship on her. So you're still trying. They're still trying to do something with her while all these other things are happening. 
the circumstantial things with the health situation before WrestleMania. Uh, something going on with Nia Jax. It clearly some, there was a malfunction at the junction. And then you have this as well. At what point, and this isn't me critiquing Charlotte, but you have to ask, at what point does some of this come on her? You know, and, and some of that is going to come on her, whether you like it or not. You know, uh, it, some of that, it's going to fall on you. And I don't know if that's exactly fair to her, but it's going to. You know, this, this stuff's going to happen. There is not a more widely naturally detested person in wrestling. And there are people that hate Charlotte, hate her because she is Ric Flair's daughter. And they think yeah. because she's Ric Flair's daughter, she got all these things. I think she's proved a long time ago, multiple times over, that she is one of the best professional wrestlers in the world. All right. She cuts better promos than most people right now. She gets heat. She can curveball things on the microphone. Uh, she did that in that match with Rhea Ripley where the crowd wanted Becky. And she said, no, 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 no. I'm going to give you a banger and you're going to shut up. And then in five minutes, you're going to tell me this is awesome. And I'm going to get you. All right. All right. When Charlotte gets that opportunity and there isn't all this other stuff going on, she can be that. Um, but with this, it's very, very weird because you have Becky Lynch coming in also playing a heel, you know, and, and I get where they wanted to, Becky to do that. In the long run, it makes more sense. She can make people. Becky can make people as, as a heel. And you can build out a, a Bianca. You can build out other people and, and have them chase after Becky. Same way they did with Charlotte, but you need on a different TV show. So I understand the logic in that. Long term, short term, did not get what was going on on Friday. You could have figured out a match. You could have done some type of like double champ situation. You could have done something like that. And you could have unified the titles and created a new title and all these different yeah. things that would have been, I think, long term, more fun to see. You know, like if, if, you, if you want to do something with, where we're just going to pass belts to each other, change the belts. Don't have them tied to brands like don't like give me a universal women's title and a WWE women's championship. That's fine. Then we're fine. Then we don't have to worry about this. <laughs> then this isn't like something where your TV partners are asking, why is that belt that's brand with the TV show that I put my money in on that TV? You know what I mean? Like, we don't mind your talent going back and forth, but the title's tied to our show. We want our show, right? So I don't know, man. I don't know. I, there's just so much with this. I don't know. And then everyone's saying, oh, this means Charlotte's going to leave. She's going to, she, well, she has to leave. I don't know about that either. Like, if there's so much I don't know, saying that she's just going to leave right away. I can't guarantee it. You know what I mean? Like there's no. there, uh, you can't guarantee that, especially now. I think things are going to get real hairy with the contract wars in the next uh, year or so. We, we talked about it. I think it's going to start to go the other way. We're going to have people that are going to get signed by WWE from AEW in the next year or so, uh, or vice versa. You know, you have some deals coming up here too. We have some deals from WWE coming up in the first quarter of the year. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, it's also worth noting, talking about people that are available, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was released at the end of July. Uh, what is the future of Bray Wyatt? He has been ominous on Twitter recently. He noted that his release period, his non-compete, uh, is coming up soon. Very, very soon. Almost right before Halloween. What fitting timing. Uh, what could happen with Bray Wyatt? What do you think happens with him? Certainly seems like he's going to be active out there. He's been very cryptic on social media. I think that he's a guy that can make an immediate impact pun intended in impact wrestling i feel like you know he in going to aew he has to compete with the major sightings that they've had over the last two months in adam cole brian danielson uh cm punk and 
I just don't see that he's up to snuff. He brings something totally different from those guys. Those are more of like work rate guys that are down with like the hardcore wrestling fans. While Bray Wyatt is something completely different. He's a storyteller. He's a fantastic character. He's a character first. He he's more of akin to like a Raven back in like the the early when he was a star in ECW and he came to WCW. And I feel like WCW could have done a lot more with Raven because he was over. Over and he had the Ravens flock. They could have made him a main eventer into that scene with impact wrestling. I think that they have no other choice, but to make him one of their top stars. Yeah. They have Moose. Who's the impact wrestling world champion right now. After winning it at bound for glory, they got Josh Alexander. Who's arguably one of the best wrestlers in the world. As Fred Yehi mentioned earlier with that classic Characters. match that they had, but you, they need, you, yeah, they need that character. They yeah. need somebody that will bring eyes to the product. They had Kenny, Omega for a while, but he was tied in to AEW, and you had to book him a certain way. They need the star that they can call an impact wrestling major star, and he's the type of guy that can come in and make and bring eyes and draw viewers in. And he can do it in a way where he doesn't have to wrestle all the time. He can do it with his storytelling. He can do it with the feud. He could do it with his promos. He's something totally different for them that fits more to what they do as far as their character work, as far as as they are, you know, behind the scene, their backstage segments, the stuff they do on social media. Impact Wrestling is a place that he can flourish and really grow in a way that he probably couldn't do in WWE and can't do right now in AEW. Yeah, I don't think he'd be a good fit in AEW right now uh, because he's so vignette heavy. He's such a character. Like you have to pre-produce things. Like the fi- I-, I spoke with a writer who worked with uh, worked for WWE and worked on the Firefly Funhouse. And he said he was such a writer's playground in terms yeah. of the things you could do because he could take the things off the page. You could write for him. He's one of the characters you can write for and you want to write that dialogue because it's so specific in the costume and all these different things. You can't have somebody improvising that scenario. They have to deliver the dialogue as it is because we're doing all these different things with the character. And we have to hit those marks with this. Just somebody with a microphone, they can get their heat. Him, whole other thing. He is the cur- perfect character to cross over to comic book fans to horror movie fans, to anime fans. You saw that Venn diagram. There was a lot of casual wrestling fans. And you saw this when we were doing the top story five days a week. He's the guy that everyone would ask about, but you wouldn't see him that much. He's, for millennial fans, he's the Undertaker. He's the new Undertaker. Uh, I, th- I, I think he'll wrestle in WWE again. I think he'll do some stuff there again. I don't know when, uh, but I'm of the thought, you see him in Impact, I'll throw this out there. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it would be wild. It'd be wild. Uh, their financial reports were not strong, but if New Japan wanted to do something crazy for for Wrestle Kingdom and get some uh, American eyes on their product, having the Fiend or whatever you want to call the Fiend now uh, in there as that audience, they loved the Great Muda. They love these outlandish monster-like characters, right? And he is that. yeah, And he is that to a T. Uh, I also think on the independence, this guy can make a lot like a lot oh, yeah. of money and he gets his own merch. He does the pro wrestling tees thing. G- I mean, maybe he shows up in GCW, right? I do think there's a lot of wide open range for him right now. Uh, and you know, Hey, if Ring of Honor wasn't letting everyone go, maybe he would pop up there too. Uh, but I agree with you. I think impact is where he lands. Maybe he does something else with somebody else. I just don't think he fits in at AEW. They're so uh, bell to bell driven. They do some uh, out there stuff, but He's the definitive weirdo wrestler guy. I mean that in the best way possible, you know? 
Uh, yeah. He is a sports entertainer. Then he's a wrestler. And I, I mean that in the right way. And it's so crazy that he's not in WWE. I think there's some factors we'll find out as to why that happened. Right. I don't think it's, it's all out there, but I don't think it's the most important thing. It's, is he healthy? Does, what is he doing next? Let's check it out. Let's see what he's going to do. And that's why signing with impact wrestling doesn't close the door on a lot of things. I totally no. agree with you that him being in new Japan would be something completely different. And they have a history of getting big men from WWE who, you know, WWE didn't really capitalize on a lot of these guys, but then when they went to new Japan, they rehabbed their com- careers uh, completely. Came back giant, stronger than WWE giant, won another giant Bernard, yeah. who was formerly known as Prince Albert or a train. And then he came back to WWE. He was Lord Tensai. He had one of his best runs of his career in New Japan. Uh, you know, Doc Gallows was Festus. He was really a mid-card guy. He goes to New- he goes to Japan and he revitalizes his career. And he made Lance Archer money. And AEW. He- yeah. Lance Archer is another one. Uh, Tyson Tomko is another one. There is so much history there. Uh, another guy that could be big in uh, New Japan that I've already uh, I brought up earlier when he got released is Braun Strowman. Adam Shera. Adam Shera is another guy. Like like you said, New Japan. Uh, they enjoy those type of characters, but they like big guys because they don't see those type of size no. guys out of their own, you know, New Japan or Japan stars. So when they see those guys, they really stand out. It brings them back to the days of Bruiser Brody. So I totally agree with you, Bray Wyatt coming into new japan for something like a uh, wrestle kingdom they got three nights of wrestle kingdom they need three? those attractions yes they need three? those attractions Two, three? three three nights of wrestle kingdom the fourth the fifth and the eighth they need those attractions and bray wyatt could be one of those wow and that's all tokyo dome no, two in the Tokyo Dome and then Yokohama for the eighth. Okay, that's kind of neat. They're doing a different venue like a few days later. All right, so it's it's kind of different though. Uh, it'll certainly be interesting next next uh, the next four or five months too. We're going to talk about other people possibly leaving WWE or staying with WWE, all these different things. So, I uh, thank you guys for checking out this week's uh, episode of Inside Cradle. We'll go a little bit longer. We we'll go a little bit deeper. We have longer conversations, and that's what we do. You can also check out all the stuff we do at SportsKita.com. Download the app; it is available on Google Play and Apple. Uh, and of course, you can check out all the content we have on our channel. Thank you to the people that have made us uh, skyrocket. We are, oh, I believe we're over 23,000 subscribers on YouTube, but we're also on Snapchat. One million people saw me talk about mass wrestlers on Snapchat, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, millions of people checking out our, our top five content on Facebook as well. Uh, and check those out. We also have Vince Russo every Monday night. Uh, you are with uh, Mr. Dutch Mantel, Dirty D Dutch Mantel, every Friday night after Rampage and SmackDown. So a lot of content for you to consume in the weekend all the time. Oh, I don't want to watch a video thing. I'm driving a lot. Well, don't worry. We got the podcast for you as well. Available on Spotify and Apple. Thank you. I just checked the charts today. We were at one point in the top 100, top 200 Apple wrestling podcasts in the United States, in Australia, in Great Britain and canada so thank you guys so much for that i really really appreciate it if you're listening to the podcast go and give us a five-star review let us know what you think let us know what you like uh and if you don't give us a five-star review just write that in your head and don't post it anywhere just just write it down in your head but if you do write it in your head put it in the the machine so people know about it so there we go uh sid you're busy tell them what's going on bud 
I like you said earlier, you can see me Friday night following SmackDown and Rampage. This week is me and Dutch uh, filling in for uh, Rick Uccino. I'll be in the in the Manning chair, recapping everything, getting the thoughts of the wrestling legend himself, Dutch Mantel. Every month, you could also see me on the pay per view previews. November is going to be a big month as we preview full gear for AEW as well as WWE Survivor Series, and then on the True Hill Heat YouTube. YouTube channel we are growing trying to hit that 2k mark for the end of the year uh get them there come on we got we got bailey and the bird podcast uh versus true hill heat in our third fantasy wrestling draft on saturday 11:05 a.m eastern time and then tomorrow for friday at 1 30 5 p.m eastern time me and chrissy love are going to review dark side of the ring season three finale on the steroids trial so stay I'm tuned for that content this episode me more. too. There, there's some episodes of Dark Side of the Ring before we sign off. I know I wasn't going to do another topic. We did our plug, so that means we're done, right? But there's been some episodes of Dark Side of the Ring that are so well done, but they're just yeah. so sad. Like, a, yes, so sad. And like, I'm not saying it's Dark Side of the Ring, right? That's what you sign up for, right? But it's like when you're like, I'm going to drink some booze, right? But this is too much, right? <laughs> like, 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 it's a little bit like that. Like, this is too much. There's been some episodes of Dark Side. I'm like, this is too much for me, like you know. And some se- this season has had some of those. There yeah. are other ones like when they go to North Korea and it's like very, very scary, but it's like wild and it's all that road stuff like that. Steroid trial is in that because you know where it ends, but this is like, was the WWE going to go bankrupt and shut down? Like the federal government had, they just said, we want to go up to Vince McMahon. And they did because they can do that. And, and, and this is what that episode is about. I'm also deeply looking forward to that. So definitely check that out. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done it already, go ahead and subscribe to our channel on YouTube, wherever you get your video content, wherever you get your podcast content. And remember, when watching wrestling, do the most important thing when watching wrestling, which is what, Sydney? Enjoy wrestling, Vince and Tony. <laughs> you were, you were, you told the line there. You told the lie. <laughs> <laughs>